0: So as a parent, I had to understand, I'm a classroom teacher, so I have some of the insight, but some of the teachers don't understand, some of the parents don't understand what you're doing at home, how it translates to school. Sometimes it translates in a really strange way to school. Everyone, thank you again for joining the Falling for Learning podcast. Today, during this solo episode, we're gonna discuss homework, how to handle it. So over the years, homework has really changed. It used to be a big deal to make sure that students have homework and they're doing homework and um, it could uh, count for as much as 50% of a student's grade. But definitely in my school system, That has changed where homework can only be counted to be 10% of the grade. So it's really shrunk down because attitudes around um, equality and equity um, have really revealed that sometimes children don't have the support for helping, you know, getting help with homework. Uh, Their parents may not have the same educational level as other parents. And so Some people have an advantage of getting help and some people don't. So it's really changed um, over the years. Um, So you may have noticed that. um, A lot of teachers don't have a set homework schedule or packet Um, for my class, for example, it's an extension of what we already are doing. So they have about a week to work on the assignment. And then after that, if they aren't able to finish their work, they need to finish it at home. And that's how the homework comes into play. So it's not something different, a set of set, a separate set of problems or assignments or writing tasks than what was given and worked on in class with the teacher. Uh, so again, that is part of equitable grading and instruction that students have all the support they need in class to do an assignment rather than a totally new and different assignment that they need to kind of figure out on their own. Um, So, how does this affect parents? So, there's a couple of things that we need to think of as parents to keep our kids on track for learning and to stay on track for success. If your child is finishing those assignments in class and does not have those um, extra tasks to do, uh, it may be very important for you to consider what kind of at-home learning activities you might include for your child. They may need to be doing work that requires them to um, look at and work on specific skill sets that they are weak in. So if you are have began working with your child at home and looking at what type of work that they're able to do, the quality and level of work that they're able to do, you may need to work on specific activities. And what does that mean or what does that look like? So you may not have time to create custom tasks and assignments for your child. So you can hook on to something like Khan Academy, um, there's um, the ABC um, series of products, ABC Teach, I think it's called. They have for middle elementary school, they have different products uh, tailored to those different grade levels. And the list goes on. They are free. Of course, there are paid versions of a lot of these products, but you don't necessarily have to spend any money. Um, So again, as parents, we are the first teachers and we're the continuous teachers of our of our children. So think about what you can do to support their learning at home. And it could be very much hands-on activities, um, measuring and counting and doing different things that are applied to cooking or cleaning or um, creating mixtures for the garden or for, for cleaning uh, your home. You kind of have to think about what relates to your family and adapt it to to that. In addition, I want us to think about where the children are doing work at home. So there may be some work that they're doing home. Where are they going to do it? You should have a designated place that they are doing their homework, and make sure this designated place for homework can be accessed um, through. Um making sure it's clean, making sure it's a place where there's not a lot of disturbances. Uh, for example, you may have it as a at a kitchen table. Some of us have different, different environments. So we may have their children, may have their own room where they could close the door, where they can have a specific desk, but that's not how I grew up. And um that's not how it is for me even now. So you have to think about cleaning off an area for them making sure, and I I say cleaning it off because usually there's like a kitchen table or something like that, right? If it's a kitchen table, there's also a dining room table. Often there's like sticky stuff on it, oils and stuff like that. Definitely happens in my household where there's all oils and butter or whatever that's on the table. And if I just try to do my work on that table, uh, then my stuff has, you know, butter and oil. And I definitely have had homework come in like that. I know, of course, I accept the homework, not an issue, but as students are growing and learning like how to conduct themselves on a more professional level, because that's what our training is for our academics, right? Then you want to make sure they understand, I got to clean this off. I got to wipe it off. I got to make sure my my information, my work that I have does not have sticky stuff all over it or grease spots, right? So help them to take pride in what their work looks like, you know, as far as food on it, or even just the neatness of their work. So helping them with that aspect is really important. Also, think about when they're going to do their homework, right? We talk about we if we plan to fail, if we fail to plan, we plan to fail. So give them a specific time that they're doing homework. And again, that could be modified day by day about when they're going to do their homework. And again, if they don't have paperwork to do or a file that they'd need to electronically access, make sure that you still give them some time to study. You give them some time to work on skills that need to be developed because you are attuned to what they need and you're helping them to set goals to catapult their learning, right? To make sure that their learning is moving in a positive direction. We know that um, for education, as they're growing, it's a moving target, right? What they need it for third grade is not the same that they need for fourth grade. It's not the same what they need for fifth grade. So they're constantly needing to improve and level up their skills. And you need to be attuned to that and make sure that they are developing those skills. So the other thing that we want to talk about is... um, really thinking about the environment as they're working. Do we need to set quiet hours for our kids so that people aren't watching television during that time? Do we need to set time where the kids are able to do their work while they are... so do their work while people are you know, watching a game or people are partying or dancing or whatever it is. If that's the case, you may want to plan for them to be in another location for them to do their homework and to support them or tell people to be quiet until six o'clock or whatever so that the work can be done in an environment that works for them. Now, again, I'm always going to tell you Adapt it for your child. Some child, children work really well in very quiet atmospheres. Some of them need like some low, steady music going on. Um, uh, they may need breaks every fifteen minutes. What does it mean for your child to be to support their learning activities, their, their learning styles, and um, their attention levels? It's important that you are paying attention to that. Um, and you might set something and then it adjusts over the years because they're learning, they're growing and they're changing. And so they may need something different that they needed in third grade than what they need in fifth grade. So check in with them, see what they need and be attuned to what they need and help them to recognize and learn what they need and what's best for them. Um, So really what we also need to talk about is a system for when that homework is completed. Um, there should be a system for how to get the homework started. Um, And this is what I mean. Um, I even have had middle school kids who don't turn in their work, but they did the work. And how does this happen? There are, and this is going to sound really strange for some of you that aren't in this situation, but some of you who are in this situation know exactly what I'm talking about. Some of us are very organized parents and very like uh, attention oriented, like detail oriented. And what happens is we may not even have the patience for our kids to get their stuff out of their backpack, for them to pack their stuff in their backpack, for them to do different things. And we do it for them. We take their work out of their backpack. We set it on the table. We'll wipe the table off for them. We'll make sure everything is neat and ready to go. They have a pencil. They have a paper. Everything's ready for them, which is wonderful-ish. Here's the issue. Those same children, and this, every child is different, but I have personally had children who do not take things out of their backpack, who do not get them ready because they're so used to someone doing it for them. And honestly, it never, they don't ask, they never ask their parents to do that, but that is what they're used to. And that is what, it doesn't happen unless it's done for them. So as a parent, I had to understand, I'm a classroom teacher, so I have some of the insight, but some of the teachers don't understand, some of the parents don't understand what you're doing at home, how it translates to school. Sometimes it translates in a really strange way to school. As a teacher, I don't even think about taking kids, like a middle school teacher, high school, I don't think about taking kids' stuff out of their backpack. Now, there are some, yeah, which is another topic, like backpack searches and stuff like that, but I don't do that. Someone else does that. If they do it, I don't do it. I'm not involved in that. So I don't I don't know what's in the kid's backpack. I don't look in their backpack. I don't have anything to do with their backpack. So... It's important for you to know that your child has to take responsibility for those things at home, in order for them to feel comfortable enough to do it at school. If they're not doing it at home, oftentimes it doesn't happen at school, and and it just sounds so strange. I know to some of you, but it's just true. They don't take their stuff out of their backpack. They don't organize their backpack. They'll stuff things in their backpack. When they get home, they know that mom will organize the backpack. So that takes me to another you know, situation that we'll talk about later, but again, getting a system for when they complete their work. So helping them to understand like, where are you going to put your homework? It's done. Are you putting in a binder? Are you pressing submit electronically? Cause you're turning it in online. Are you, um, putting into a notebook? Uh, are you, where do you put the work? Where can you find it? When do you have to turn it in? What's the system for turning it in? Because I'm telling you, there's a good portion of kids that getting the homework from point A to where they finish it, to point B, where the teacher, it's in the teacher's hands for them to grade it and give them credit for, doesn't happen. And another really important thing for the systems are, do they have a name on their work? Do they have a first and last name? A lot of people are like, well, my name is Taisha. I don't need to put a last name. Put your first and last name in the work. It's a good habit. You, I have had a couple of kids over the years, like my first year teaching, I had a young man. He did not know how to spell his first name or his last name. Interesting because he didn't go by his first name. He used a nickname and it was a like shortened version of his name, but he did not know how to spell his first name or his last name. So I really make it a point to have all my kids write their first name and last name because that student was in fourth grade. So that's a habit that it co- that continues. Some teachers don't think that's important, and they let them just put the shortened version of their name. Hello, parents and caregivers! Join us every Wednesday for our Well Educated Wednesdays on Instagram Live from five thirty to six o'clock we will be getting your questions answered about how to get kids on track for learning and to stay on track for success. It's free and you can ask any question that you would like. We're here to serve you and to make sure that you have the tools and strategies needed to make sure your kids are a success and you can make sure that next generation is on a path to greatness. They don't know how to spell their name. It's not. wasn't until state testing, I realized that kid did not know how to spell his first name or his last name. And I was my. I was a first year teacher, but I do want to be clear that there's, your te- your child may have a first year teacher or a teacher that's in a couple of years and they don't know that the importance of them writing their first name and last name on the papers. um, First and last name and date on papers. And if some teachers have a specific heading that they want because they have many classes, it helps them to classify where this assignment goes, and so that's very important. Where does that assignment go? And helping them to identify where it goes, um, so um, it just helps the teacher stay organized and making sure your child's uh, work doesn't get mixed up with someone else's, and they get full credit for the work they turn in. So. Even though I'm saying first and last name, I just do want to point out there's many stu- students that don't put their name on their paper. So there's no name on the paper. So I may have hundreds of papers, sometimes thousands. Back in the day, I have a lot of more like electronic work. So it's not the same piles of paper that it would have been in the past, but they don't get credit. So some, so I've had students who just, this teacher keeps losing my work, right? They blame it on the teacher. They just keep losing my work. She's so disorganized, blah, blah, blah. And I would keep the no names and then they would go through the no names and they'd be like, oh, this is my work. This is my work. This is my work. But they really have developed this thing in their mind. Oh, this teacher is disorganized. They keep losing my work. She keeps losing. And it's like you did not put your name on your paper several times. But a lot of people don't think internally, let me do something different. (laughs) They just blame it on someone else. So, uh, and even a couple of years later, there was a student who was really saying, that teacher loses my work. I mean, she's organized, she lost my work. And we had already established that that student did not put their name on their paper, but they're out there telling that story. It is what it is. I, you know, (laughs) it's crazy. Anyway, so these are things that you need to be aware of for them. Did they put their name on their paper? Again, don't write their name on their paper. I see parents do that all the time. Two, with younger kids, put the, have them put their own first and last name on the paper. Ask them if the teacher has a specific heading that they would like on the paper, name, date, period, whatever it is, to help them organize and keep things organized. Because even if they, you know, again, if they're the only person named, they still might lo- like drop papers or anything like that. They don't know which class it goes to and, and, and it, it gets really confusing. So keep track of that. The other thing that we need to know is organization, right? So I am going to put my, I got my name on the paper. I'm going to do my work. I'm going to put it away so I could turn it to the teacher. And again, this also happens where kids will be flipping through their notebook, flipping through their binder, can't find their work. Why? Because a lot of times, again, those organized parents have organized their child's backpack. And here's the problem with that kids and adults, or just just different individuals, think differently about how to organize things. We don't have the same idea about what should be organized and what should not be organized, okay? So sometimes you think, I'm gonna put all of my things in one backpack and the other people, not one backpack, but one binder. And some other people think, oh, I'm gonna put it into different folders. And then other people think, I'm going to have a one big folder with all my stuff in it or a big binder with all the divisions in it. And so it's really important that you understand that different people have different ideas about how things should be organized and they should be really focused on keeping the work organized according to what works for that child. Because again, they're at home doing their work turning the work in. And if it's organized by you, it's according to your thinking and you know exactly where it is, but it's not according to the other person and what they're thinking. So that's really important that we focus in on what works for the child, how do they think organizationally and honor that because they're the ones who need to get things out of it, put things into it and you could help them maintain it by doing a check-in with their work. So that takes me to the next thing, checking in. And I I said this and I've addressed it before, but let's say we have a kid who said, oh, my homework is done, I don't have anything to do. And um, maybe you don't feel like they need any extra work or whatever, that's up to you. Obviously as a parent, whatever I talk about, you got to adapt it to your child and see if it makes any sense for them. You're not off the hook. You need to say, log into the computer, let me see that document that you turned in. Uh, take your work out of your notebook. Let me see, you know, take it out of your binder and let me see what it looks like. Let me see what you did, explain what you did, explain why you did it like this, whatever. So don't just say, okay, you're done with your work. Good, good, good. We're going to part ways. No, I need to see physically with my eyes what you've turned in. I need to read over it. I need to see if it makes sense. I need to look to see your math. I need to see if your quality of work. Now, parents, give them some feedback. Give them some positives. Always give positives, even if you think it looks a mess. Even if you think it looks a mess. Give them some positives. Do not do not bother them about all the negative things. But give them some positives and then give them a couple, one, maybe one. If they already have like a really negative attitude towards learning, give them one thing that they could work on to improve their writing. Or reading or math or science, whatever it is. Um again, you may not be responsible for copying, I mean checking everything, but you could see if they're getting things done and you can um ask them questions and see if they know what they're talking about. Try to get them to talk about the la- in the using the language of the discipline, right? I'm talking about, like, you know, we're we're studying molecules and we're looking at um you know, biochemical reactions, whatever it is, right? Have them use that vocabulary. It gives you an idea if they know what they're talking about or not. We're just working on science. We're learning some things about all these like different things, not working. Like, I don't, I'm not convinced you know what you're talking about. Uh, so really, you know, be up on that. Um. So just to review, make sure there's a time and a place that they're working. Make sure it's clean. I'll, Cleaned off and help them do that themselves. Really, all the things I'm talking about, you want them, you want to be handing off responsibility to them. So it's not about you organizing your notebook. You could look, let me see your notebook when you do that homework check in. Let's see how your files are organized. It could be electronic files, it could be paper uh, files, paper notebooks, whatever it is. Let's see what you're doing. Okay, let's make sure we get our papers together. And again, you could supervise them, do as little t- touching little touching as possible of the work. I know it sounds crazy, but your job is to work th- yourself out of a job. So they're independently doing these things, okay? And that they're able to function without you, okay? All right, parents, you got this. You got brilliant children. Remind them that they're brilliant and give them a couple things they could work on. Maybe one if they already have a real negative thing and, and just keep building them up. Um, remember, keep your finger on the pulse of what's going on with your child's learning. Let them know that you care. Let them know that it's important. It will be important to them. Again, thank you for joining us. Thank you again for joining the Falling for Learning podcast. I am TD Flinagh. We drop new episodes. Every Saturday at 5 pm Join us on youtube at youtube.com/@ slash at fall the number four learning youtube.com at fall for learning You can also catch us on Spotify, Apple podcasts, all the major, podcast platforms, and we appreciate you for joining us and making sure that you have the tools and resources to make sure your children are on track for learning and can stay on track for success. Have a great week. Thanks again. Thank you again for joining us at the Following for Learning podcast. We are here every week Saturdays at 5 p.m. is when we drop our new episode. Please listen in every week for those strategies and tips to keep you and the next generation on track for success. You can also find us on YouTube by going to youtube.com slash at fall4learning. Again, that's youtube.com at fall, the number four, learning. We really appreciate you, and we are here on a mission to make sure that that next generation is on track for success and on track for learning. Thanks again. I'm T.D. Lena. Have a wonderful week.